Hi there, Glocal citizens. Welcome back to the podcast that inspires a borderless mindset around manifesting a new world. I am your host, Florence Adu, coming to you with part two of my conversation with Kobina and Koma Graham. Kobe Graham, for short. He was raised between the alternate realities of Ghana and Britain. He is passionately curious about music, African culture, and counterculture. Through almost two decades of lecturing, researching, public speaking, developing creative projects, curating music and freelance writing, he has championed arts and culture. He has explored this idea in settings ranging from classrooms to international conferences and in numerous workshops, panels, podcasts like this one, publications and dance floors. Along the way, he has been profiled on platforms like the BBC, written for others like The Guardian, received a Miles Moreland African Writers Scholarship and Danita funding for his PhD research on Ghana's alternative music scene. He's gonna talk a little bit more about that in our conversation today. In doing these things, he is creating pathways for young African creatives, cultural practitioners, and journalists to follow. So in case you missed it last week, go back first and listen because you get a wealth of knowledge about Kobe's path and journey going from the UK back to Ghana. And we're picking up the conversation talking about the musical renaissance that is happening across the globe, particularly around Black music. So would you say that there's a little bit of a renaissance pulled by this kind of alternative thought? Because, you know, we had soul music Mm -hmm. and then we have pop music. Mm -hmm. And so, and even R&B has gone through a a lull, Mm -hmm. I would say. You know, there's just not a lot of love songs Mm -hmm. out there. Mm -hmm. It's been a lot more like... I don't know. Yeah, it's just, it's, just, it's, very, it's just very real. Right. Yeah, they, they, they say that like um, R&B is not about like four men singing in the rain to one woman anymore. <laughs> now it's kind of like, I only love my mama and my bed. Like, you, right? you know, that kind of, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not romantic yeah. anymore. Right, that's exactly. That's it. Romantic. Yeah. Exactly. And so are we seeing this emotion mm. coming through, like real emotion coming through again? I definitely think so. And I think that exists in the so-called mainstream as well as the alternative Mm, space in mm -hmm. the sense that I I think one person who a lot of people started to associate that with was Kanye. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when Kanye came out, it was him versus 50 Cent. Yeah. 50 Cent was a lot more of the kind of like, you know, like, you know, bravado streets. streets. Mm -hmm. And I remember very famously, he competed with Kanye and he said in his first week he will make more sales than Kanye, something along those lines. And Kanye like wiped the floor with him. Yeah. And it was an interesting sea change. You had like, I mean, Kanye for all his antics and stuff, there was a certain kind of personal touch, a certain connecting with emotions in his music mm-hmm. that a lot of people picked up on, mm-hmm. both over there and over here. Mm-hmm. And so, then fast forward and I mean I'm not saying that he was the first but he was definitely the highest profile Mm -hmm. and that's the thing we pick up on these things right yeah and so while we have musicians who have been doing that for a while Mm -hmm. it's become more of the main thing to do okay so like if you take an artist like Kiddy right now mm-hmm. Kiddy's latest song I can't remember what it's called but he's basically saying I'm not okay 
Right. Yeah. I've heard. Yeah. That's, yeah. That yeah, came that's out a, like that two weeks ago. Isn't that the name of the song? It, yeah. It might be like yeah. I'm not okay or something. Yeah, yeah. 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 I just heard it. Yeah. Um, exactly. Walasi, who I think is one of the best artists, not just in Ghana but in Africa or in the world, he's just incredibly talented. He can rap. He can sing. He's a visual artist as well, mm-hmm. amongst other things. Walasi's latest EP is called The Rap Why Therapy. Ah, yes. That sounds very well, I say. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's very kind of like... It's, if called, Ghana, I, it's called I Lied. Ah, the, the, okay. Yes. Yeah. And I think yes. the, the Kiddie's song, the lyrics go, if I told you that I'm okay, I lied. Yes. That's the, yes. That's the lyric. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he talks about like his emotions. Yeah. 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 Like that's not the staple of like our music our music i mean we do talk about emotions like one of my favorite themes that you can trace through the history of Ghanaian music is not just Ghanaian music african music <laughs> men who are mourning the fact that their woman has left them yes. for a richer man yeah. <laughs> so if Classic. you think of premier gao yeah. that's what they're singing that song is literally yeah. a guy who is singing his right, pain. Right, right. Or... That song, that's the theme of that song. Azingele by Rough and Smooth. There are so many. Yeah. I feel like you could do a compilation album dedicated to jilted... Jilted Jilted men. Yeah. And then you have the flip, the late Ebony Rains, who... She's just like, yes, I am the one who's doing the jilting. Yeah, like, if you break my heart, I'll date your father. Uh-huh. You know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's... It, so, yeah, there have been feelings. Yes. But generally speaking, the music is about having a good time and escaping. Sure. Right? Yes. But not so much anymore. Yeah. And it's a sign of the times. It's a sign of the times. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like yeah. a lot more emphasis and understanding on mental health. Yep. Yeah. And that, I feel, has been a bit more prominent in the alternative space for longer mm-hmm. and is now entering the mainstream. Right. So speaking of different genres and mm. thought, let's talk about mindset. Okay. I'm going to ask you what your mindset hack is. <laughs> <laughs> so I okay. ask you to, yeah. to share your favorite or an innovative mindset hack. Now, this mm. is one that you practice, okay. one that you know of, or one that you can imagine. Okay. So what I would say is one of the things that I've always believed in and that I'm comforted to see more of mm-hmm. is collaboration over competition. So when we were doing Dust, for example, once in a while, some new magazine would pop up mm-hmm. and people would say, oh, you guys have competition now. And I'd be like, why would they be competition? Right. We, we would actually call them up and be like, can we help you guys? Are exactly. there any ways we could help you? Yeah. Which is just, that's not how Ghanaian business tends to operate. Right. Yeah. But I think that it has a past and it has a future in the sense that we, like I was saying, the African spirit is a communal spirit. Mm-hmm. There are so many things that we do that have community in mind. Mm-hmm. And that's the way culturally we have been. For all the colonial influence and everything, there are certain things that we just, like, you just can't take away. And so in as much as we can be as capitalistic and individualistic and stuff, I think that the spirit of collaboration and community will always take you further. And it's very necessary 
in places like Ghana where not everybody has you have the have nots yeah. as well yeah. and so it's kind of like this teaching of you can go to school for example to learn how to be an engineer great mm-hmm. why do you want to be an engineer mm-hmm. is it just for your personal enrichment or are you serving a greater purpose and is that purpose perhaps the common good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a very big believer in the common good. Mm-hmm. And I think that we achieve the common good with a mindset of collaboration. And I would take it a step further and I would say that one of the interesting things happening in the West is the West has moved from a time when it was a lot more communal into this very individualistic period that it's in. And something that it is struggling with is the advent of social media because what social media is it's really taken over and it's forcing them to think in slightly more communal ways and you're starting to see it's it's like the rules of engagement on social media tend to be very toxic so you think of twitter for example sure. or you think yeah. of facebook and it's Just the it's, fights you, the fights and stuff yeah, like yeah. that and people Bullying. are being forced to yeah. learn over time that Yes, you can cancel someone, but you also run the risk of getting canceled Mm -hmm. yourself. Mm -hmm. So how authentic can you be in this space? You know, Mm -hmm. people are being forced over time, very slowly to understand that there's a value to empathy and thinking beyond yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's the way the people who started the internet, like the, the Sir Tims and those guys, that's how they envisioned it at first before corporations got involved. Right, yeah. It was supposed to bring us together. Right. Think about things like crowdsourcing. Right, yeah. People who go online and they pull together, essentially, to build things. Yeah. This is a wildly African thing. Mm-hmm. And so to mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. I see that Africa actually has a lot to teach the rest of the world about what it means to be communal. Mm-hmm. And if we went back and we studied a lot more of that communalism in our history, it would have application today right. in spaces like the internet, yeah. in spaces like social media. Yeah. But we have that disconnect. Yeah. So I try personally, as much as I can, to think about things from the perspective of the common good. Mm-hmm. And I really think that when you think of a place like Ghana, there are two Ghanas. I think that there are people in Ghana who are thinking about, let's say, themselves and their their families. Mm -hmm. And then there are the people who are thinking of the common good beyond that, beyond their own circles. Mm -hmm. That's why I love the counterculture scene, because there's a care that is shown for people who you do not personally know. Sure. Yeah. That's what activism is about. Yeah. And there was a point in our history where we all pulled together. Mm And that's what brought us independence. Great. And yeah. so we've kind of moved, we've drifted from that, but I feel like we have a chance to turn the boat around and be more communal. And I'm yeah. seeing it in the music. I, I feel like culture is often a predictor of where we can go. Yes. And it's, it is how we go, yes. typically, right? Yeah. It's the creative arts and everything that typically moves culture and Mm -hmm. moves people and i i like how what you said about the collaborative mindset because 
I've just kind of been really thinking about this in terms of democracy, and mm. democracy is is done. Yeah, it has failed mm. Africans. Mm. However, the foundations of what it means mm-hmm. to be in a democratic society, mm-hmm. we already we already knew that. Yes, we just had us, so and that's basically what you're saying. We yeah. already had this communal mindset. We already knew, and so because democracy basically became a tool for capitalism yes that's where we've we've broken down yeah, so if the we institutionalize exactly. democratic ideals that institution hasn't worked right. but the democratic ideal like you're saying that spirit was there right it's inherent yeah i mean it's tr- it's actually quite inherent in people yes. as humans have evolved right mm-hmm. so we once we figured out that we have to work together to to tend the land because exactly. that's why we're here right exactly. we're here to tend it but beyond saying this is mine and that's yours which then that's where the capitalism comes in mm. then we we survived yeah. and we thrived yes and so yes mm. collaboration yeah and so in terms of it as a personal hack mm. in my dealings with people i try as much as i can to move with the spirit not of competition mm-hmm. but of collaboration mm-hmm. how can i help you right and if i see you as being a common organism with me yeah. then by helping you i'm helping myself exactly yeah exactly okay let's put that in the mindset <laughs> toolbox you know it's so it makes so much sense okay so i want to talk a little bit more mm. about the business of being a doctoral student mm. because it's not easy <laughs> number one it's not easy to get to that yeah. and so even just being a lecturer you know like mm. in terms of planning your living and how your lifestyle has worked around mm. being in academia yeah. and being in this cultural space mm-hmm. and then being a, a, mm-hmm. a doctoral student. How, huh. how have you crafted that? It's very hard, I must say. Mm-hmm. I think there's a general rule, particularly when you exist in the countercultural space that, so let's say from the perspective of a musician who chooses not to chase trends, sure, it's easier to quote-unquote get to the top. Mm-hmm. But with the counterculture artist, what they'll find is that it's not as easy to get to the top. But if you do the same thing constantly for a very long time, you will eventually achieve success. So you have to be in it for the long game. Mm -hmm. And I feel like for people who are existing in the creative space, like myself, cultural practitioners. Mm -hmm. So I think first and foremost, I'm a cultural practitioner over and being an academic even. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so like my academia is an extension of my cultural practice. Sure. My DJing is an extension of my cultural practice. My writing is an extension of my cultural practice, et cetera. So I would say that there are no set paths. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There are no set paths. Mm -hmm. It's like the wave of culture. Yeah, Yeah. There are no set paths. And so one of the things that I've been, I did not notice this, but I've been incredibly honored by is when I go onto, let's say, Instagram and I see, let's say, um, whether it's Instagram or like a website or anywhere, and I'll see someone like Echo Buns, young Ghanaian fashion, fashionista and writer, mm-hmm. an excellent writer, mm-hmm. and I'll reach out to him and with a communal spirit in mind, basically just say, you're doing really dope stuff. You're like the, the publications that you're writing for internationally are magazines that I would have dreamt of writing for. And he's like, 
Oh my god. You do not understand how much dust inspired me. Mm. Or mm-hmm. as we're sitting here, another person who interviewed me once was Elizabeth Johnson. I call her culture the the, the culture princess, basically culture hima. Like she okay. she is all over the cultural scene, sure. hosting and um, talking and organizing workshops and just yeah. And she's working with the Writers Project for Ghana, like doing all this work. Mm-hmm. And she tells me that she looks to people like me mm-hmm. who have forged the path. And so it makes me think that while I didn't have anybody who I could look to and basically be like, that's the career that I wanted. Sure. It took me years to even yeah. realize that the word cultural practitioner is a thing. Uh-huh. They, have, they have existed here. Right, A4 right, right, Sutherland right. was oh, a cultural okay. practitioner. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you think about culture within the Nkrumah administration, sure. it was A4 Sutherland. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. so there have been people like that, Dr. C. Sutherland, Adi after, mm-hmm, after her, mm-hmm, etc. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They have existed, but most young people, if you were to ask them, if you're interested in culture and you ask them what they want to do, it's not a phrase that they know. Yeah. Cultural practitioner. Right. And so my thing is that a lot of us, both the practitioners and the artists, are essentially forging paths. Yeah. And so in trying to live our day-to-day and making the decisions that we make and who we speak to and the choices that we make, we are essentially creating pathways that other people who are younger than us can go to a parent and be like, I want to be like this person. Mm-hmm. We didn't have that. Mm-hmm. 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 So it's basically innovation. It's innovation. Yeah. And yeah. so business-wise, it's hard. Like, it's hard. For me as a DJ, it's been hard being like... I was one of the first DJs in Ghana who dedicated himself to alternative music. Right. And what that means is that there wasn't a market per se. Sure. We've had to grow that market. Yeah. We were the people who helped to start Chaliwate and all these things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And now it exists. And so one of my points of pride is um, I was having a chat with a former student of mine and someone who I helped in a small way to learn how to DJ. Mm-hmm. He's called F the DJ. F the DJ. F the DJ. Okay. <laughs> and um, we were having a chat and he's quit his day job and is now a full-time DJ. Oh, really? Yeah, he okay. DJs radio, he does clubs and sure. stuff. Sure, sure, sure. The fact that you can do that now. Right. I could not do that in my yeah, time. Yeah, there wasn't, yeah, there wasn't that you demand. See, yeah. There just wasn't the space for it. When sure. I see an organization like Imola hold a rave, Mm-hmm and pack a place out and then like they're playing this combination of just mm-hmm. club music and Ghanaian music and this and all of that and you just couldn't really do that yeah it's pretty yeah like you could get reggae here yeah reggae and no then, problem and then maybe Rap, some maybe, exactly yeah like yeah. R&B gospel yeah. for sure sure but, but yeah. yeah not like all this other stuff right. and so it's hard being the first mm-hmm. or amongst the first sure and economically speaking, it's not super rewarding. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you have to understand, I did a law degree. Many of my peers, I have peers who, who work in Hong Kong, who work in Dubai, who work in the UK, who are top level lawyers and stuff. Some of them work for private companies and you know, just 
and they will say, yeah, let's do a 10 year reunion. Let's all go to whatever. <laughs> like, and nah. I can't even begin to dream of that. And so one of the hacks that I've had to have from, let's say, a money and business perspective yeah. is I've had to really humble myself and just sure. be like, I have to be okay with not being fantastically wealthy. Sure. Yeah. Maybe that's not my line. Am I okay with that? If I'm not okay with that, then maybe I need to switch professions. Sure. But if yeah. you believe in what you're doing and you also form community, mm-hmm. community tends to look after each other. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, last October on, on my birthday, I wrote a list on Instagram of things that I would like for my birthday. I said I wanted a cinema ticket, a massage, a trip, like somewhere. Uh-huh. Um, I want plants. Within a week or two, you had I'd, it all. I'd crossed everything off on that wow. list. And sometimes it was from people who, these were not close friends. Sure. Random strangers and just people were just like, we see the work that you're doing. Wow. We see the person that you are. And they, and that's mind blowing to me. Yeah, yeah. And so it requires when you're operating in spaces like these, a different mindset and a different metric for success. Sure. Yeah. And if you don't have that, you will either leave mm-hmm. or you you'll just be actually unhappy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you will go through tough times mm-hmm. and it's community that will get you through. That's that collaboration. <laughs> like we collaboration. The people need people. Yes. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay, so let's get out of the business. Okay. Let's get into who mm. is Kobe besides being a <laughs> DJ. I mean, because a lot of what yeah. you said is like the hobbies turn into mm. the professional mm. side. But I like to ask a specific question, okay. which is, are you a reader? Mm. <laughs> you are. <laughs> are you a writer? <laughs> or are you a listener? Which I know you're yeah. all of these things, but okay. tell us some of your favorite reads reads okay. re, uh, reads watches and listens okay so right now uh-huh. right now yeah I'm not so much of a reader okay. except for academically speaking right of course yeah so honestly one of my favorite reads right now is lying around here it's a quick thing about Afrobeats by Christian Adolfo it's um, ah, here it is Yes. A quick thing on Afrobeats by Christian Adolfo. Okay. And I say this because what he, Christian is a young Ghanaian-British writer. And what he's done here is he's written what is the first text on Afrobeats. Because Afrobeats is very cutting edge. Hmm. No one has done this work yet. When you go into academic spaces, for example, you can go into Google Scholar right now and type in WizKid. Mm-hmm you will not find a lot of writing yeah. about someone who is as globally huge as WizKid is. Right. Yeah, much less before you now drill it down to alternative, like... Sure. Yeah. Yep. So he's written this, and it's part music journalism, part memoir. Mm-hmm. And what I love about it is, often, Ghana is left out of the Afrobeats story. We really are. It's very annoying to me as someone who has watched and who knows, for example, that had it not been for Azunto and that picking up of speed... There would be no such thing. You you just wouldn't have Oliver Twist yeah. by Debanj and Don Jazzy. Like, yeah. When you play next to Azunto, you can see the... the, the you yes. know? Mm-hmm. And often, Ghana, we gestate the sound and Nigeria comes, perfects it and yes. amplifies it's true. it. It's true. You it's see? True. And... 
what he's done writing it as a Ghanaian is he's pulled all the threads together mm. Ghana is there the UK diaspora is there mm. um, Nigeria is there mm-hmm. and so it's a great book I'm really enjoying reading this okay and it helps towards my PhD of course <laughs> so as far as reads go that would be something that I'm reading okay listening wise I'm always listening to to music constantly mm-hmm. um, I think as a DJ I try as much as I can not to play a lot of old music, actually. Really? Because there's new music coming out every week. So, I like that you said that because mm. I find that DJs are often quite lazy mm-hmm. and they don't do the work. And the DJs that I fell in love with, because, mm. you know, that song, mm-hmm. Last Night at DJ yes. Saved My Life. Yes. Most of these DJs are not saving lives. They're not saving lives. <laughs> so, I, I can look at it from different perspectives. Sure. I think in a place like Ghana, uh-huh. I've seen DJs who I know listen to, they have amazing taste. They listen to great, diverse forms of music. Mm-hmm. But when you put them in front of a club, they uh, will play to the crowd. Sure. And there was, it was a running argument that I used to have when I was working at Joy FM because Joy FM is it's a very kind of just commercial station. Yeah. And I don't think they were in the business of breaking hits. No. They would, they would play what is already a hit. Yep. And I think that was more their format. I, I, it's not a youth station. Right. And so the older people, what makes them feel nostalgic enough to part ways with their money, mm-hmm. with adverts in mm-hmm. between, you see? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And so, but I've, I've just always thought that if you expose Ghanaians to all the music that exists, to a much broader amount of music, they will go for it. I agree. I think so too. And I think that's being proved now. It's true. And even though, you know, I think a lot of times the DJs look at what the crowd is doing as an indicator. And I think sometimes they're just processing. I see Ghanaians just processing a lot, especially if it's new. And then they come back and they'll say, oh, that one there, Mm -hmm. you know? So, so yeah, I I agree. So right now, one of the reasons we brought Soul Emotion back Mm -hmm. at the mix is because... Now when you go into town, for the most part, all you're hearing is Afrobeats and Amapiano. Yes. Yes. And I love Afrobeats. Yes. And I love Amapiano. Right. But... Not all night. Not all night and not everywhere. Exactly. By the time I came to Ghana, it was R&B, hip-hop and dancehall. Hip-life was in the mix mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. But there's so many more genres than this. Exactly. And not all musicians make these sounds. And so right. I'm just like, rather than just... Rather than only playing all the other stuff or rather than like people would come up to me and be like yeah so I mean but yeah, all this music is great you're playing Afrobeat and you're playing this and that when are you going to start playing like the like I don't know 50 cents and stuff we're like we're in the middle of Usu you can throw a stone any venue you go to you can, you can get all that. that music yeah. so this is a one space that we've dedicated to playing all the other stuff sure can we live yeah you know like seriously <laughs> exactly. like you're gonna come into this space and be like yeah but where's the 50 cent yeah oh, really? i like that because i on your um, your website you have one of your your shows which was a tribe mm. called no request yes yes <laughs> yes so what we've done with solar motion yeah. solar motion that we used to do between 27 uh, t- 2007 and 2011 yeah and then there was 
was a, a, a event that I started with Yao Dabanka. Um, so Rodney Savage and Kwekwanansi are the ones with whom I was doing solo motion. Okay. And then occasionally we'd be joined by Misna from Novo FM. Okay. And then just before the pandemic, yeah, I remember. T-Bar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. it was, um, yeah, so Bayan Bean and we would do this thing called A Tribe Called No Request and yeah. it's similar in concept. Yeah. So the new solo motion is actually the merging of these two. Oh, okay. Rodney and Yao from right. Tribe, um, tribe Called No We've come together and we're doing this and the situation hasn't changed. It's just the music has changed. So <laughs> there's the mainstream music yes. that everybody plays and we're For just sure. like, you know what? Let there be diversity. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so our, our event, you come and you can hear some stuff from the past. So there's 60s music in there, 70s yeah. music, 80s music, 90s yeah. music. But then there's a lot of brand new music. Right. And we also try and make it a point to showcase young Ghanaian uh, musicians who are making great music, whether it's in the mainstream, out of the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so listening every Sunday, the only algorithm that I don't mind that spies on me is Spotify. <laughs> and every, like Spotify has, and I have a great relationship. Yeah. And it, it's, it does a great job of finding music that I like. And yeah. so every Sunday I'm listening to Spotify, I'm listening to radio shows and particular DJs who I am inspired by. And I pull all of this together. And so every week I have new music yeah. and I'm itching to play it. Sure, sure, sure. So yeah. here's a question for a DJ. Mm-hmm. So for a DJ, which platform is the best research platform? So you, just, you just said Spotify, so that's, mm. that works for you. But yes. there's SoundCloud, there's MixCloud. There's, so yeah. it, over time, yeah. It seems like Spotify is rising to the top, but mm-hmm. how, how about the others? So I would actually say that if you want to discover music, Spotify is definitely great. Mm-hmm. If you're much younger, TikTok is doing an awesome job there as well because okay. TikTok is breaking. So how is that? I mean, just is it artists or they're actually playing music? So sometimes it's artists uh-huh. and then I mean, TikTok is content creation. Yeah. And so it's ah, the songs so that they play in the out. background. Got it. And oh. then you have the dance trends. Right. You see, that's and stuff it. like that. Yes, and so you have right. like an artist like Pink Pantheress. She blew up on TikTok and mm-hmm. she was very intentional about that. Mm-hmm. And so that's great. So for the younger guys, that really works. For someone like me, there are music writers that I trust. Okay. So, um, for example, the website Hamatan Rain, started by Benoit Boating. Hamatan Rain, I think, is still, for me, one of the go-to places, maybe the best for a lot of the alternative music sounds Mm. that are coming out now. So I I regularly check them out. Okay. Aymala are also doing a great job in a similar vein. So I go to these places. There's a music writer for music in Africa called Gabriel Myers Hansen. Mm. Anytime Gabriel writes anything, I I read it because he writes amazingly and I like who he chooses to spotlight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so there are so those are let's say local ones. Sure. Then internationally who do I follow these days? It used to be 
places like pigeons and planes. But mm. th these days, I just listen. Yeah. Like Selection Radio. Selection, yeah. Yes, and Selection are simultaneously on SoundCloud and then they're on Apple Music. Right. So if you have Apple Music, great. Right. If you don't, check them out on SoundCloud. Right, right, right. They play a lot of stuff. And if you pay attention, because, so this is another thing. When I was on Ghanaian Radio, because um, I'm not on radio so much anymore. Sure. But when I was at Joy in particular, I noticed that we'd play a lot of music, but we wouldn't always tell you who, who it was, right? Exactly. Shazam. So yeah. this was pre Shazam. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but like, yeah. so now people can Shazam and yeah. it's great. Yeah. But because Shazam was there, no, they still don't. Yeah. And so what I used to do, what I innovated was, I was on Twitter. I was really early on Twitter in mm -hmm, Ghana. Mm -hmm. And so I would tweet the song titles. No one was doing that mm -hmm. at the time. Mm -hmm. I'm almost 100% sure I was the first person on Ghanaian Radio who I would literally go on there and say, there's an app, it's called Twitter. Download it mm. and you can follow the songs that I'm playing as I play them. Because I knew I had a short amount of time. Yeah. The marketing team didn't want me talking unless I was selling something. And so ah. it's like that. And so, okay. yeah, so instead of like, oh, I just finished playing this. Like they might mention the last song they played, but not the song exactly. before that and the one before that. Exactly. I was like, go onto that app called Twitter. Follow me. My name is Kobe Graham and I'm listing all of the songs that I'm playing. Sure. And so people go to Twitter for yeah. that, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. good. Yeah. So in terms of going back to innovation. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, so l listening, I listen to a lot of like selection. I listen to like the kinds of playlists that come up on Spotify, sure. et cetera, et cetera. Sure. Yeah, and I use Shazam a lot. Yeah. Even too. when I'm watching TV, like know, there right? are some TV shows that have great songs that you can work into a set Grey's mm -hmm. Anatomy um, mm -hmm. um, I've forgotten the name of the song there's Narcos they have a great theme song mm -hmm. I listen to TV adverts and I pick songs from mm -hmm. there so mm -hmm. Shazam has really helped so yeah. another thing that I enjoy listening to and a, a, a space for listening to great music is Oroko Radio Oroko Radio is essentially an online community radio station what they've done is they've created an online radio station and because it's online it's free uh-huh you see it's free not just in terms of cost but it's free in terms of content mm -hmm. so there's just a lot of freedom and so you can go on there and type in any genre and there'll be a list of shows that come up and they give artists shows not prominent artists just like underground artists alternative artists DJs, etc., etc. So you're in Ghana and you want to know about Brazilian bio funk, you can you can tune in. You want um, hip hop, you can tune in. You want Afrobeats, you can tune in. You want Afro I'm a piano, you just go there. And I wow. So just to stop you there, mm. are they technology guys? No, they're, so the the music guys is deep. So this is so they've just because because I'm thinking about it mm. as a platform that's a lot of like collating. Yes information yes. so right. i so what they you every year people can apply okay. to do a show so i have ah, a show okay. there myself okay. i do a show there called low life okay which is basically looking at the history of the alternative music scene because mm. people are seeing all this alternative music mm -hmm, and stuff but mm -hmm. people don't realize that there it is work from, yeah. that has been put in yeah 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 
And so I'm trying to put that together. But I also like listening to other people's shows, mm -hmm. you see. So like Radical has a show called Just Beats that I love listening to. Or um, Vibe Architecture by Edwin. Ria Boss has a show on there. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. um, um, So there are so many great shows on there that you're actually spoiled for choice. And when I'm driving, yeah. I actually stream because I get more music listening um so i i stream through my phone and connect it to the yes, car yeah when i'm at home I, i use my internet connection and my laptop sure and i get so much great music mm. and conversation mm. and mm. everything it's like a yeah it's like a radio station it's a radio station yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's an online radio station so they have so, the live stream okay that's what i was wondering mm -hmm. but then they also have individual shows that you can choose and listen to sometimes oh, they put the shows on in fact they always put the shows on mixcloud okay. they have a mixcloud and you can go there as got well got it um but if you find the page for the specific dj mm -hmm. or host you find their shows there got as it. well got it got it and i so like i am in love with oroko because it's what i needed when i first came and it wasn't mm -hmm. here and i'm mm -hmm. so proud of mm -hmm. the existence of this station yeah and the fact that they've come in and they've trained djs especially women djs mm -hmm. and so now you're seeing there's actual club culture in accra that is dj led and it's mostly women-led as nice. well and they've created safe spaces and yeah. it, it reminds me of like the house scene in early chicago and detroit sure. and how these were inclusive safe spaces yeah. for everybody yeah. yeah and that's what they're doing mm. in accra now and i feel like a grandfather watching the kids <laughs> and i i love it so, i love it so what does oroko mean yeah i'm not sure what oroko means oh, okay. actually yeah i'm not sure what it means okay but um but it's rocking it's rocking <laughs> and yeah I, i i love oroko radio and i i yeah i just want everybody to listen to oroko. okay that's awesome yeah. and again show mm. notes folks show notes <laughs> and then watching yes i think right now I am more of a watcher than I am anything else. Okay. Yeah. With the recent DJing, I guess I'm a listener more than anything else. But I watch a lot. Every evening, I definitely go onto YouTube and I pick things that have lined up oh, to okay. watch. And okay. it could be anything, some educational thing. Right, 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 right. TED animations yeah. or something to do with the Marvel Universe or something from the big think about um, masculinity in the world mm. just it could be something like that mm -hmm. but i literally keep an app on my phone that tells me oh the latest tv show that i'm watching is a new, a new episode is out oh. so right now <laughs> um, i'm watching the power on amazon the power the power it's um so it's based on a book and what happens is all of a sudden young women across the world they develop the ability to um, generate electricity like an electric uh, eel oh okay and this causes a shift in power across the world what are the implications of that i like that it's Check that it's one out. very 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 interesting yeah. so i'm watching that okay that's amazon yeah that's on amazon mm -hmm. i am also watching started watching citadel on amazon it's okay If you like Jason Bourne, James Bond, those mm. kinds of things, it's okay. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing where it goes, but it's it's not like my favorite. I am a geek, mm -hmm. 
have been one of my earliest memories is sitting on my father's lap watching Star Trek. Okay. And yeah. so I loved Star Trek Strange New Worlds. I'm waiting for the new season of that. Okay. I loved Atlanta. I loved Bel Air. I, I loved Dear White People on okay. Netflix. Sure. A range of things. Yeah. 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 So yeah. a lot of cancelled shows, unfortunately, because <laughs> that seems to be a trend at the moment. I am enjoying yeah. the new... Um, the Jada Pinkett Smith executive produced Oh, the things. one about the... Um, yeah, so in Zynga. In Zing, mm-hmm. I thought that was really good as a kind of... I, I wish they'd had the, the, the kind of budget that the Woman King had. Mm, but they mm-hmm, did the mm-hmm. best that they could and told a, a, a story and that was really good. I'm looking forward to the new Queen Cleopatra. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I was reading something controversial mm-hmm. about yes, that. Yes, I know. Yeah, yeah. And the Egyptians yeah. yes. that were... My I have heart. a take on it. Yes, let's hear it. And I get it. If you're an Egyptian right now, I can understand why... If you're a light-skinned Egyptian. Yes, if you're a light-skinned Egyptian. Yes. And I can understand why you might take umbrage at the depiction of Cleopatra as being black, even though the actress that was chosen for the role, I would argue... Looks like you. Yeah, like... as if she looks like, like you. Yeah, she's not black as in, yeah. like, like me. Right. She's, so I'm just like, okay, fine. My personal take on it is my grandmother once told me that her grandmother mm-hmm. told her that the Ashanti are descended from people who fled the Islamization of the north of Africa. Right. Mm-hmm. I heard this in my childhood. Mm-hmm. And then I went to the School of Oriental and African Studies. And I remember picking up a book about the Ashanti by a European writer called Eva Meyerowitz. Mm. And she grounded that in some yeah. truth. Right and talked about this link between the Ashanti and um, Upper Sudan and Lower Egypt. Not necessarily from that time. Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of reading over time about um, the pyramids having been started by the Nubian peoples. And Mm -hmm. so they had smaller pyramids and just had more pyramids. And there was clearly a relationship between the people of Egypt, Mm -hmm. cosmopolitan though they were, Mm -hmm. and the Nubian people, Mm -hmm. to the extent that you had pharaohs who were actually Nubian, because very briefly Nubia took Mm -hmm. over Egypt. Mm -hmm. So blackness has existed, not just in Egypt, but in North Africa for a very long time. Now, we used to call them Berbers, but I think they're now called Amaz... um, Is it the Amazigi people? Um, the Amazigh people, and mm. these are people who like Zinedine Zidane um, of um, formerly of sure, France. The, yeah, France. Mm-hmm. He's Berber descended, and mm-hmm. if you look at the history of the Berbers, if you look at the history of Christianity, exactly. you find a lot of the early thinking in the church was from Berbers um, origin. Arius and Athanasius; these were all Berbers, and Berbers were known to be essentially Africans, mm-hmm. as in black Africans. Right. So my personal take is I know that there was a time where Egypt didn't look the way that it does exactly. now. Exactly. And I'm not going to go as far as to say that they were they were all black, but there was an Islamization that happened or if you want an Arabization right. that happened. Right. And I know this because my people fled that. Sure. There was a point in time where I was dating 
I, I started dating a Northern Nigerian Muslim mm. in secondary school in, in the UK. And I remember at the time my, my mom was just like, mm. and I was like, why? Like, what's your problem? I don't know you to be prejudiced. And she said that it's actually really weird for an Ashanti to date a Muslim. And I'm like, why? And she says, traditionally speaking, as Ashanti, to become Muslim is like an insult to your ancestors who fled the Islamization mm. and some died in the journey across the Sahara. Like, and wow. so... Yeah. I, never, I never knew that. But then at the same time, the Ashanti had relationships with Traders, Islam right? through trade and yeah. stuff like that. Um, I, I, I hear that um, we used to hire Muslims to do accounting sure. and stuff like that in the yeah. palace and stuff like that. So there's always been these really interesting relationships mm-hmm. on the continent. But long story short, there was a time where Egypt didn't look the way that it does now. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go as far as to say what it looks like, but if people are going to be really upset about the depiction of Cleopatra as a light, 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 light skinned African, I think there's some very interesting questions that maybe they need to ask themselves. Oh, we know there are. Yeah. Yeah, we, we very much know. I had um, a guest that is Egyptian okay. um, on the podcast, and so he does tours, like real historical tours. Mm-hmm. He is a, um, a researcher. Like okay. he's, so everything that you're saying, mm-hmm. and, and there really is what we don't know about. There's this other Egypt mm-hmm. that is a black Egypt mm-hmm. and, and that the culture has always been to marginalize mm-hmm. the blackness of, yeah. of the country. Yeah. So. And that's, that's been there for a very, very long time. Yeah. Yeah. That's been there for a very yeah. long time. And in history, yeah. you just see yeah. a lot of that. And so, right. yeah, but I will be watching Cle- Queen Cleopatra. Okay. Jada Pinkett will be receiving my Netflix subscription. Okay. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Those are good watches. Mm. It's so interesting that you said you're not reading much because I remember when we were filming Mm. that we were talking books and you you recommended she would be king ah <laughs> and i really I enjoyed that book yes yeah yeah, I, yeah speaking of afrofuturism yes yes yeah. i was doing a lot more reading yeah. at that point in time I, I must say okay so in fairness i don't get the chance to read as much but what i i have been doing you experience is, them in a different way i've been using yes. audible yes Yes, yes, that's, yes. That's, that is actually how I consume most of the books. Okay, so in, in that sense, I do have things that I have been reading. I'm currently reading, um, ba- <laughs> my best friend basically says I don't get enough sleep and it's criminal. And so I'm reading um, The Sleep Revolution by Ariana Huffington. Oh, okay. That's what I'm currently reading. Okay, yeah. okay. that's different. But I think I'm reading a lot more factual sure. stuff yeah. at the moment than right, fiction. Of right. Of yeah. Course. So. Okay. Yeah. That's very well-rounded. Thank you. A lot of different <laughs> different experiences. This yeah. is wonderful. Kobe, this has been wonderful. It's been so nice catching up, it's and been you've been so fun. generous with your time. I'm so appreciative. So before we sign off, mm-hmm. do you have any last thoughts you'd like to share with mm-hmm. our audience? The the thought that I have is to do with globalization. There was a point in time where if you go online now and you look up the like my name and the BBC, there's an article that will come up where I was telling everybody that everybody needs to come back to Ghana now. Like now is the time and blah, Mm. blah, blah. And I remember having a conversation with um, um, IHR 
from the shop Accra. Mm -hmm. And we talked about people who are abroad, who are doing great things for Africa from abroad. Mm -hmm. We talked about people who are here and have stayed Mm -hmm. and who came and went. Mm -hmm. And so I think the, the phrase that I can't lay claim to it. I just said it. She said, the danger of the single returnee story. Mm, okay. Yeah. And so I think that <laughs> okay. I've moved past the point where I feel everybody just needs to come back. Not immediately. Yeah. I think that everybody should, at the very least, visit. Mm-hmm. But we should all represent Africa in our spaces Mm, mm -hmm. and not just represent but try and give back Mm. as best as we can Mm -hmm. we are a continent who we do not know how much we give back in remittances the official figures yeah 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 but based on the official figures alone the official figures outstrip the economy not just the economy but they outstrip aid yes like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you combine the UK, America, France, wherever, mm-hmm. all the aid yeah. combined does not reach the official exactly. amount that is exactly. being given in remittances by ordinary rank and file exactly. Ghanaians who are working on the London underground and sweeping the streets yep. abroad. Yep, yep. That speaks to, again, this collaborative spirit mm-hmm. and communalism. Mm-hmm. And it speaks... So that's like an economic outlook, but then a cultural outlook, because if we talk about Afrobeats, for example, in the world right now, some of that would not be happening without young Africans who are abroad, who haven't even come home yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. You see, and so to me, I'm very interested in people being African in their spaces everywhere in the world to the benefit of Africa and Africans. Yeah, and that's what we're here for. Yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. Yes. Yeah. All right, local citizens, this has been another episode of the podcast. You can catch us Tuesdays with new episodes at glocalcitizenspod.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Google, Apple, Spotify, Amazon. <laughs> yes, and Spotify. <laughs> You get the drift. Like, share, subscribe, tell a friend. Sharing is caring. That's collaboration, folks. So until next time, bye for now.